Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. It's great to be back. And it's great to be back doing regular pods. Now, I'm sitting here in Aruba. And I just want to make clear that this is its sort of an accident why I'm here. Uh, because, obviously, as we talked about on the last episode, Ireland opened up quite unexpectedly on Friday. Uh, which caught me completely off guard in that I think only about a week and a half to two weeks previous, I made a, well, we, as in me, my agents and stuff, made a prudent decision to postpone uh, essentially for the second time already in 2022 because originally we postponed based on the, you know, pre-Christmas uh, Irish regulations, and then in the in the void of information leading towards uh, you know heading towards mid Jan, um, we made a decision to give it another few weeks, feeling confident that you know, Omicron would uh, you know definitely have started to retreat by then, and. As I said last week, that at least minimum we could be back to 8 p.m. So, decided to postpone all shows before that were happening before February 10th. Uh, which, of course, once again, as has been the case so often over the last year, it uh, left me with like a void in my schedule. But when I'm in New York, it's not the end of the world because I can put in my availability for the Comedy Cellar and... It's one of my, my great joys, if I'm not performing in Ireland, to be able to perform at the Comedy Cellar is like a, a, a career gift. It's great fun. Not particularly lucrative, but great fun. And, you know, great to develop material. Uh, you know, for example, like over Christmas, I sat at the table with Chris, Chris Rock on numerous occasions, got to watch him and Aziz Ansari, and, uh, you know, uh, just... It's just great to be around all that. So, um, uh, anyway, I, I, I get distracted. So, uh, I figured not the end of the world. And then I got a show February 5th in Long Beach, Long Island that came, uh, you know, unexpected or actually came because of the, the window of time that I suddenly had, uh, last week, um, we actually, sent out the wedding invites and it it all kind of happened on Friday. Friday is uh, the availability day for uh, when you send your avails for the comedy seller for the following week. So you send them on a Friday for dates starting the following Friday for a week. 
And there was a couple of things going on. Uh, we sent out the wedding invites. I was doing Mia Mama. And I, on the Saturday, I had my last Mia Mama show, of uh, which, by the way, also was uh, to fill the void left from the original postponement. So I filled the gap by doing Mia Mama shows and four different New York venues with the Origin Theater Company, which was all... Actually, I, 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 I'm going to tell that story in a sec, but let me just explain while I'm in Aruba. This is very long-winded. You really do not need to know all this information. I don't know why I'm running myself in circles, but you, I, I guess because I haven't been sharing this stuff with you. Uh, so uh, anyway, I forgot to put in my avails. I did the show on Saturday didn't remember that I didn't put in my avails. And then immediately after the show on Saturday, I drove up to Vermont with Hannah to see my brother and my nephews and my sister-in-law who were spending a couple of days up in Vermont. It's only a four-hour drive. But all that going on, I literally didn't realize I didn't send in my avails until Tuesday when suddenly I was like, what spots do I have next week? And then I was like, oh, shit. I fucking never put in my avails. So now, on top of all my postponements and trying to fill up the time, I now have an absolute dead week of nothing on. Which, after, you know, uh, you know the year and a half that we've had, I, I wasn't, like, dying to have that. Now, I did have a run of shows from Christmas Day until whatever it was, like, a week and a half ago, where I did a spot every single night. So I have done a lot of comedy uh, since Christmas, including Christmas Day, which is a, a, a fun New York thing that you can do. Um, I performed all throughout the, the Omicron. Uh, I wasn't looking for a week off, basically. Now, Hannah has shows in Pittsburgh and Ohio, and I definitely wasn't looking to be in New York with no shows and no Hannah and just like knowing that I'm busy coming up to Ireland. So I was like, screw it. I text Aruba Ray, Ray Allen, who runs comedy here in Aruba. And I was like, Ray, I've got time off that I don't want. I'm coming to Aruba. Uh, and he, he hooked me up with a hotel. Now, I'm not here to do the show, but I am doing the show tonight. But officially, I was just like, I'm going to Aruba. Now, before you think that uh, I have a, a lavish lifestyle, the flight was only $260. Um, so I was like, why not? So I did it. And I'm sitting here right now with, I guess, the, some sort of Catholic guilt or the Irish guilt of feeling like I need to rationalize this behavior to you. I mean, literally, let me look at my machine here. What are we doing here? Six minutes and 50 seconds of trying to rationalize while I'm sitting on a balcony looking out at the Caribbean with the palm trees blowing in the trade winds. And it's unnecessary for me to do that. So, needless to say, the Irish tour starts February 10th, and I'll be happy to stop plugging, uh, you know immediate holes in my schedule that I wasn't expecting to have enough of my scheduling and rescheduling stress 
these things don't require stress because the end of the world is coming. Russia is going to invade Ukraine. And it's, it's, Germany's going to side with Russia. And, you know, these are, these are going to be the great memories of when we thought that COVID was our biggest stress. So I don't want to uh, trigger anybody's anxiety. But in my lifetime, I've never felt that society is more unstable. Um, the internet is out of control. Uh, some poor fuck boy in New York, uh, gets called out for his, you know, unacceptable fuck boyishness, but gets, uh, turned into, uh, you know, a, a villain greater than Chris Brown. Like, you know, I, I like, I, you know, I, I'd like to, to check all these people that are like destroying this. Caleb Kid's life and see if they listen to Chris Brown. Anyway, we're not going to get too deep into uh, the the mob on the internet, but let, needless to say, the internet runs unchecked. The anti-vaxxers, let's face it, they really have won the day. They've won the day. Neil Young can't take down Joe Rogan. Uh you know, I, I, I listened to various commentators throughout the last, you know, number of months. And you can tell that people, that any anybody who's, I, I think, centrist inclined. Like, no, actually, let me take this back. I feel like anybody who is reliant on like a young male audience is afraid to uh, profess their rational, you know, moderate views around the pandemic and vaccines. So they'll, they'll exaggerate the, uh, the missteps of uh, uh, the powers that be. I mean, essentially the CDC, the WHO, the larger scientific community. And they'll minimize the the missteps of uh, yeah the people that are just asking questions, you know. Um, and I, I I know why they're doing that because I've seen the pushback from the anti-vaxxers, and I've seen the passion of the Joe Rogan fans because they take everything that comes on the Joe Rogan podcast as gospel, and they don't. Uh, they don't drop the same skepticism on, say, Dr. Robert Malone or Dr. Peter McCullough that they do on information that comes from the larger scientific community. Um, which is, of course, why, you know, the whole Joe Rogan thing is, uh, you know, not as easily dismissed as uh, people try to make out because there are people taking it as gospel. You know, Joe Rogan can say all day that he's just an idiot, I'm a meathead, I smoke weed, I don't, I, you know, don't listen to what I say, like as if that's okay, considering that people are listening to what he says. And by the way, the other great thing, because I, I have very much been, I've, I've been of the opinion that uh, the lockdown that we had was fine, but that we needed to be open to information and you know listen everyone has their take and i see some people are still very aggressively against opening up based on what we're dealing with now i am not that guy 
And I think that Ireland's like insanely quick opening up is evidence of that. Uh, because honestly, I know I keep saying it, but like Ireland was like crazy. It was like, you know, 6 p.m. curfew, uh, you know, uh, 50% uh, shows and then nothing. No testing, nothing. <laughs> Just go, go, go. Everyone back to normal. Go. It was very quick. And I think that is evidence that we have we have learned enough that uh, we do not need as uh, stringent mitigation measures against this current wave. So, but a lot of the uh, anti-everything people are pointing out that, you know, we overreacted to Omicron, but they forget that if anything, this latest wave has proven that the worst outcomes happen for people that aren't vaccinated. And, you know, I feel like we're all kind of over that debate. But from what I can see, there's been great evidence that part of why this latest wave has not been as bad is because uh, uh, one vaccinated society and also natural immunity in society and i i'm I, i'm sympathetic to people who make these arguments that if i had covid if i had delta particularly latest science on uh natural immunity from delta very strong should i have to get vaccinated i i'm 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 open to that argument honestly uh of course i'm not open to the fact that it comes from what i would consider to be a misinformed hesitancy around vaccines but i'm 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 willing to uh, have a sympathy with you for not wanting to get vaccinated after having Delta. Yeah. Uh, however, um, it's impossible not to notice that the worst outcomes in this latest wave have been for people who are unvaccinated. And it's just so silly to not pay attention to that. But there's no point in arguing about it because the people that at this stage that the people are so entrenched in their opinion that that it's absolutely pointless they're going to tell you about was it mass formation psychosis or something some fucking bullshit you know what makes me laugh is uh when people bring up this concept of like sheep and the herd uh that you know we're sheeple because we follow they 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 cannot see their own herd. They cannot hear their own hypocrisy amidst all the bah, all the fucking sheep that they're surrounded with themselves, at which, which is so difficult to deal with because like they're, they're listening to such a, you know, it's just that this feeling of uh, the sense of feeling special basing it on, you know, just such limited resources of anti-vax publications and studies. Uh, but they, they can't see how much they're in a herd themselves. Um, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just uh, coming out with like insane uh, Nazi comparisons again. And, uh, you know, that doesn't get a lot of news. You know, because uh, it really is the double-edged sword of like, uh, limiting the information that goes out from these people, which I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm 50, 50 on that. Cause I don't know 
if the ends justify the means. But then at the same time, if you see the the harm that's done by the misinformation getting out, but also the propaganda that comes from stifling the misinformation, I don't know which is worse. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the Robert RFK story should be bigger just to remind people what a clown he is. Cause I do see him getting mentioned a lot as like a reliable source. Even like, I don't even know if when people say that about his anti COVID vaccine stance, if people realize that he's been at this shit for like two decades and he's like in with, you know, the, the MMR vaccine original, the, the OG anti-vaxxers. I don't know if they know he's an OG. You know, I don't I don't even think these people realize that they're like they got sucked into like a whole movement. You know? I just I, I just I I I'm unsure if they're aware of that. Now maybe they are. Maybe they're now straight up anti vaxxers I don't know, you know. Uh anyway, I didn't even intend to go down that uh that rabbit hole, but I did. And uh, it doesn't matter anyway because the world is going to end. So you can't vaccinate against nuclear Armageddon. So get ready to find out that all these disaster movies were right and humanity is going to uh, turn in on itself. Uh, Joe Biden's been a disappointment. Not that I expected much. I just was happy to not have... Uh, Trump and as much as people uh, as much as people like to uh, you know say oh look you look how bad Biden's doing Trump was better I really am glad that Trump is not around for whatever the fuck is going on now although you know maybe this is Putin doing uh, Trump's dirty work and trying to make things really bad for Biden who knows we won't get into any Trump Russia connection conspiracy theories but I have to say I'm not delighted with Biden. He's been uh, a, a bit of a disappointment. And uh, I just don't know what's going to happen now with Ukraine. Um, so that's my quick sort of like ramble about world affairs. Uh, needless to say, by the way, I'm, I'm double vaxxed and boosted. I had Delta and... Uh, I'm 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 driving forward. I'm 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 feeling confident that in this in the in the short term to medium term we can live uh, a, a normal life and uh, we'll see what happens when another variant pops up. Hopefully it'll only be more and more positive results, but uh, I'm I'm still open to uh society requiring some sort of adjustment of behavior based on new information. I'm depressing myself here. How can I have suddenly got worried about the world when I'm staring at the Caribbean? Jesus Christ. How is this happening to me? So uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, wedding invites. Uh, They're very stressful. And I, I kind of, I'm, I'm like, I wanted to have a very small wedding and 
It's very hard to do that. I just, I, I really, I'm very into being married, but the wedding part is now like, it's just a lot. Because, so here's, here's my feeling. I wanted to have a small wedding, but actually, where's the crack in that? Now, I'm trying to still keep it small, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, if you're having a fucking wedding, you want all these fun people to be there. So then, you know, you send out the invites, and we did evites, which was good, except, you know, there was a couple of little glitches with the evites. So, of course, you know, some people that are very traditional are against the evite thing. So then when there's like a glitch, that gives them an excuse to be like, I can't, you know, you got to do, you got to do, you know, regular invites. You know, you got to waste all your money and fucking trees on paper invites, which we didn't do. We stuck with the evite. But the evite just wasn't clear on like, you know, uh, how many people were invited on your invite. So we had to like redo everything. Uh, but anyway, it's all good now. But there was a few glitches. And then we had a few wrong emails. But I got to think that that's the same for invites. It's like getting addresses. It's a pain in the ass. So we had a few emails that were wrong. Uh, but the invites are great because you just hit the RSVP. You know what I mean? You just, boom, click on the email, RSVP, bang, done. I'm coming. You know? Uh but, you know, the wedding's in West Hampton, so then you get people asking about hotels, and, you know, here you go. You're, like, stuck in the very thing you didn't want to be, the thing that everybody complains about weddings. There's a lot of fucking admin, okay? And uh, so I don't love the admin. That's my problem, you know? And, uh, and then, of course, I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, a warrior, so... Not only am I now involved in admin, but I want to make sure that, you know, I'm feeling like guilty because accommodation's kind of expensive out there. It's also like not great for hotels, so you got to stay in like Riverhead. If you want to get a hotel, you got to stay in Riverhead, which is really not that nice. And then I'm like, oh my god, people are going to be in Riverhead. They're going to be like, this isn't great, you know. And then they, you know, of course the venue's great and blah blah. blah fucking. Then I'm thinking like, you know, should people Airbnb? Then I'm looking at the prices of houses. They're fucking insane. And I'm like stressing about that. And I, you know, then I'm like, shit, should we have just got like, a, a, you know, then some people were like, did you get a rate at a hotel? And I was like, no, nah, we're not doing the fucking block booking hotel thing, you know? Uh, and so there, there was like a lot of shit that I just wasn't in the mood to deal with because, you know, say, no, no, the, you know, these, these hotels. And you can decide which one you want. People are like, oh, did you? I'm sure you got to, you got to, you blocked some rooms in a hotel, right? And I was like, uh, no. Then I felt guilty that I didn't do that. Even though we have a wedding planner. And like, that didn't come up. Because, you know, like, I'd say a lot of the, a lot of the wedding live in New York. So, you know, you know, you're not really thinking about a, like a block booking, you know. And to be honest, it, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I'm not getting into like a bus from the hotel. I'm not doing any of that shit. You know? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's one thing, like, I, 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 I don't want anyone drink driving, but, you know, I'm also not going to, I'm not, I, I'm not going to be the guy that, you know, worries about the, the, the booze people. It's like, just get a fucking Uber. All right. Um, uh, I mean, I'm kind of joking about that, but, uh, we're not doing like a bus from the hotel. It's just, it's, it's not that kind of situation, but. Obviously, when people ask you, you're like, oh, fuck, did I fuck up? Are they talking about me? Are they talking behind my back being like, oh, this thing is a, this thing is a fucking shambles? You know? I start, I start doing other people's thinking. Um, and, of course, I didn't want to get into any of this, you know. I would have been happy to go to fucking Vegas. Uh, so then... Um, so then you get into this, like, should we invite this person we should have really invited this person right and of course we always agree so then we just invite them and the more people you invite the more comfortable you get with inviting other people and the more uh, you know because i honestly i really do think that like the second batch of people you invite are like the fun people because the original batch, and by the way, if anybody's on my original batch, I, I'm not speaking ill of you, but what I am saying is that there's a lot of people in the original batch that are like obligatory. And this is no criticism of my obligatory people, but like the next batch, I always feel like you're starting to think about, oh yeah, it would be fun to have them. You know? Because I haven't invited many people in the next batch that are like, I should have. I'm just thinking like it would be good to, you know? So we're, we're into this kind of like, yeah, fuck it zone, which I'm sure people experience. And I'm sure there's probably like some, some wedding guidebook, which says don't give in to the ah, fuck it part of your invite list. Just stick with the originals. But I, I'm not, we're not doing that. We've definitely chucked a couple of extra invites down. Uh, so the wedding is uh, getting bigger. Uh, but I'm okay with that, you know. And I, I have to say that a lot of the extra invites definitely skew younger, which I think is probably good for the latter part of the party. You know what I mean? You want to have some, like, some youthful energy on the dance floor. When I say young, by the way, I'm talking about people in their 30s. <laughs> so you want to have, you know, Basically, when Drake comes on, you want to have some people that are excited about that. That that that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? 
when Young Ma comes on, you want to have some people that know what's up. You know? When Kendrick Lamar comes on, you know, you want to have some people giving it on the dance floor, you know, uh, while the older people are, you know, sitting down talking about arthritis. Because um, as it stands right now, I have like a, we have like a wedding DJ type person for like all the, the, the stuff that like they just need to understand how weddings work because we're definitely going to have a few speeches. You know, the speeches are, we're into that. So, you know, you want to have a DJ that just gets, you know, and also like plays the right stuff for earlier on. But then I have a, I'm not going to say who, but I have like a, like a hip hop kind of like my vibe of a DJ coming for the second part, the latter part of the dancing. Uh, not that in America they don't do afters, but for the aftersy kind of part of the wedding. I have a, a somebody coming that I think can really rock the party. Uh, and I want to make sure that there's enough people there that are going to, well, you know, I'm just happy that there's going to be more people there now that will appreciate that. You know? Even though when we got this particular DJ, he did make fun of me and say, oh, Des just wants me there because he knows I'll play jump around. But that is not true. I'm not going to be performing at my own wedding. So... Anyway, the one thing I haven't dealt with yet is like bumping into people who aren't invited that might have felt that they should have been. And that's going to be difficult. Even though like I've not been in invited to plenty of weddings and I couldn't give a shit. But I am more than aware that there is a large percentage of the world that give a shit about shit that I don't give a shit about. And that's part of learning and growing understanding that we're not all the same. I also know that there are people that don't worry about shit that I worry about, potentially worrying about some of the shit that I was talking about earlier. So I know that some people don't worry about stuff that I worry about. But I do think that the people that get hung up on whether I should have been invited to a wedding or not are petty. And I think it's unfortunate that some people love that drama. And that's part of who we are. And that's fine. I'll have to accept that. And I know that there will be some of that. But what can you do? You know? You know, sometimes I feel like with the people who care about not being invited, it's almost like they should, they should apply. There should be like a, a grievance list of potential. If you feel that you have not been invited to this wedding by accident, please submit a... Uh, please submit the reasons why you think you should be invited and we will be in touch as soon as possible. I feel like people should have to apply for a wedding invite. They think they deserve. What can you bring to this wedding? What have you brought to my life or Hannah's life in your life? One, two, what can you bring to this wedding? What is your presence at this wedding going to do to help this wedding be one of the great weddings of all time? And number three, what is your assumption or prediction for how close you will be to Des or Hannah or Des and Hannah in the future? Because that's also a big deal, isn't it? Yeah? You hear a lot of people say, 
I don't see the people that I invited to my wedding. And then you see people say, that's the rule. It's like, who do you think is going to, you know, you're going to be friends with in the future? You know? Because, like, my dad, like, moved to America when after, you know, he married my mother in 1975, but, like, moved to America full time at the end of uh, 1973, he married my mother. But at the end of 1975, he moved to the United States full time. And, like, hardly ever saw his friend group from i mean the first half of his life you know i mean 39 he moved back to the united states and he died at 74 you know so the second half of his life was mostly with people he hardly knew before he was in his mid-30s you know so none of those people were at his fucking wedding like his closest friends none of them were there you know so that's the thing sometimes. It's like all these people that are like, I think I should have been invited to your wedding. It's like, motherfucker, I'm probably never going to see you again. So you're probably right. And I'll refer to your application and I'll get back to you. <laughs> anyway, I'm only kidding around. I'm only joking around. It's a little wedding invite humor. Um, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I don't have any pressure from my parents about who I should invite, so that's good. And in fairness to Hannah's parents, there hasn't been too much of the... Uh, parents friends pressure you know a lot of people complain about that we don't have a lot of parents friends pressure at our wedding you know um i just have friend group pressure of like if you invite one you got to invite them all that type of shit you know so but all in all i think we've navigated it pretty successfully uh the invites only went out like a week ago a week and a half now Week and a half ago, Friday. Yeah, week and a half ago. And uh, so I'm only learning about the the ins and outs of the 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 wedding invites. So I have a few weird ones where there was somebody I, I felt I want I wanted to invite. Uh but I wasn't like inviting a ton of people from that world. So I invited maybe like three or four support characters just for this one person that I was inviting. Uh, But like they possibly were like a touch surprised that they were invited in the sense that like they are literally just like supporting cast members for this important person that I wanted to be at the wedding. Um, And I hope that all works out because <laughs> that's a complicated one because <laughs> like if they all decide that they don't want to come to the wedding and this person still comes then it's like is she gonna have a good time <laughs> because she doesn't know anybody here uh and that's always a concern right that like there's always like one or two people that like don't know a lot of people so uh you got to deal with that um uh there's nothing else, I think. I believe that there is nothing else. That is the end of the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm not going to edit it, even though I'm not wild about my my ramblings about vaccines. Um, 
Well, send me some feedback on what you'd like discussed when I get back to Ireland. I'm sure I'll do some episodes with Steve. Uh, and, oh, the last thing I'll say is I think uh, I have shared with you my uh, story about my groin. So I tore my groin back in February last year. Uh, for a long time, I was rehabbing from a groin strain, but uh, due to the exceptionally slow results from rehab, I went to see a sports injury doctor who pointed out to me that potentially I have what some people call sports hernia, other people call it Gilmore's groin, uh, which was great because I was able to uh, deal with uh, this more directly as a Gilmore's groin problem. Um, Gilmore's groin often requires surgery, but we did attempt to not do surgery. I probably waited a little too long to find out that I'm going to need surgery. It so happens that despite the fact that I've been skiing and uh, really thought that I was making real progress, after 11 months, I decided to use this Aruba trip as a kind of a, a jogging attempt because the last time I was here, I did a lot of jogging. I mean, I was really a lot fitter pre-groin strain. And uh, I felt like I've, I've skied now essentially three times. Uh, or certainly I've done one, two, three, four, five. I've done nine days, full days of skiing. Uh, the first five of which were a little cautious, but uh, since then have a full belt, really let it let it rip, including a lot of powder in Vermont. And uh, I felt very confident that indeed my uh, my Gilmore's groin ha has uh, retreated enough that I can begin to push even more aggressively towards uh, full physical activity. Uh, jogging is something I have not done. Uh, but, you know, working with the physio and different things, I felt like, no, I didn't check in with anybody about jogging, but I just kind of knew that it was like time to try. You know, I had uh, quite a while ago, the physio had told me to keep trying things and pushing it. And uh, so I, I knew that I wasn't doing anything too haphazard. And uh, needless to say, yesterday morning, I woke up here in Aruba, caffeinated up, drank a lot of water, uh, walked for like 20 minutes to really like warm it up. Then I stretched uh, and I started to jog. And my God, I was so happy, man. I was just like, this is who I am. You know, to be able to be somewhere and just go for a jog. And I was like two minutes into it and I was feeling good. I was feeling good. And then within that second to third minute, I felt my first little twinge. And then I was like, oh, maybe I didn't stretch enough. So I did a little more. I pulled to the side. I'll stretch a little more. Maybe two strides in. Bunk. Nah. Might as well be back to square one. Straight up groin pain. Nothing too crazy because obviously I wasn't like pushing it. But immediately like got a problem with my groin. I had the most depressing walk back. 
immediately booked a virtual appointment with the, the sports injury doctor here. Also, I've been talking to my Irish because I, when I get the surgery, I want to get it done in Ireland. But it actually turns out it's very hard to get this surgery in Ireland. Um, honestly, I, I, you know, I, if, if, if fucking COVID didn't happen, you know, when, when I was back in Ireland in December, I, I was really be, was, was thinking about trying to maybe like talk to somebody about getting the surgery if I, if I needed it. This was actually before I went skiing. So skiing actually gave me like a false confidence because my ski trip was successful. I actually thought my ski trip was going to be the thing that proved to me that I needed surgery. But, you know, COVID started happening. There was these reports that they were going to start uh, canceling like elective surgeries. And I just was like, I just didn't want to bother people. Needless to say, yesterday, I was like, that's it, getting surgery. So that was the one depressing thing about this trip, which uh, is that I'm going to have to get surgery, which is going to fuck up me and mama because I want this fucking surgery ASAP because I want it done well before the wedding. I don't want to wait till after the wedding because then I'm going to be rehabbing the whole summer. I know these are first, first world problems, but I want this surgery done ASAP. So, whether I get it done in the States or in Ireland is uh, up in the air. There literally seems to be only one person in Ireland that does this surgery. The main guy that does this surgery, who I was going to try to see in December, retired. So, I have an email in to this one guy in Ireland. So, I just need to get a referral from an Irish doctor. I've already got a referral from my New York doctor, which I did virtually. But the States is complicated with insurance. So, I don't know if my insurance is going to cover this operation. Um. So that's my other drama. It, it, do you need to know this? I have no idea. I really don't. But I've added it on at the end, and you now know it. So, you know, did I feel like this episode was as entertaining as the last episode? No. Am I as clear-minded as I was then? No. You know? Am I in a better location? Yes. Uh, but I just want to keep committed to getting the episodes up. Um, so now I am going to go any feedback is, uh, gratefully. I hope you enjoyed the wedding drama. I hope you enjoyed my quick take on the vaccine thing. I, you know, I, I felt I could have been clearer about all that, but, um, I, I just, you know, essentially I'm just a little annoyed with the amount of messages I get from people, uh, you know, sharing stuff from Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, but, uh, soon this pandemic will be over and we don't have to deal with that shit. Uh, so, all right, lads. I, uh, actually, is the lads thing going to become an issue? Cause I feel like lads became ungendered in my lifetime in Ireland. Uh, but some people are uh, against guys. Like you can't say guys for everybody. Like there's a move against that, right? And I feel like, is it coming for lads too? I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'll change. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like the biggest, I'm not that angry about the pronoun thing. Other than, I, if I was going to advocate for anything, I would advocate for the they singular to be T-H-A-Y. Only because I was reading an article recently, uh, actually about sex in the city. And they were talking about Che Diaz, and they are binary, uh, gender non-binary. So the article was referring to 
the actor who plays Che Diaz as they, which I'm totally fine with. But for the first half of the article, just because I was kind of like not paying attention, I, 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 I was thinking of the they plural as in like who are th- I, I was wondering who the author, wh- what group were they talking about? And it threw me, which was it's just fine. Um, so I was thinking, would, would it be fine if we, if we, if we went they, like T-H-A-Y? I, I don't know if that's controversial. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm, but I just feel like it, for writing, T-H-A-Y being they singular. Uh, and I, I'm aware that in, in, in grammar, uh, I feel like sometimes when you talk about something that somebody said, we, we may have in the past said they said. Um, so I'm aware that there are times where we probably have been doing this and not even paying attention. But right, right, reading this article, I was like, anything wrong with going T-H-A-Y? Just in terms of it being like they singular. I mean, we are changing, you know, grammatical norms here, which is totally fine because language evolves. You know, people can be very rigid about language, but language is always evolving. So can we go T-H-A-Y? You know, because like, I know that, you know, in Chinese, so it's like ta is he, she, and it. Ta, as a character, they're different, but in speaking, they're not. So if you, if you pay it, if you, if you know anybody, native Chinese speakers who learn English, they will often say she when they mean he, he when they mean she. Uh, they, they make that mistake because there's no, in speaking, there's no difference between ta Ta, 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 he, she, it. So, um, um, and then of course, uh, tamen, tamen is the they, but the, 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 but the, you know, the they is again, non-gendered, uh, men, men meaning like more, um, like you, you plural, ni men. Anyway, whatever. All I'm saying is, if we went T-H-A-Y, is that okay? Or then, is there no need for that? Possibly no need. I just have to be uh, better at reading articles uh, and paying attention to, to what I'm reading. Uh, by the way, I've, I have not watched uh, whatever they're calling this Sex and the City reboot. Um, I'm assuming... Uh, this article was about, I guess, some sort of hate against the character Che Diaz. Uh, I would assume if I watched it that it wouldn't bother me so much. But anyway, uh, how the fuck did I get on that topic? Um, I, you know, I don't even know how I, how I ended up talking about that. I'm not going to go back and listen to see what the hell I was just talking about. Oh, my God, is that brain fog? Do I have brain fog? Um, there's a good article, by the way, in the Washington Post about the West Elm Caleb situation. I don't really want to go there, but, you know, I, I think that it's it's very easy to accept that a lot of West Elm Caleb's behavior is problematic while at the same time accepting that this mob justice internet thing is seriously dangerous. And, you know, when I read the uh, comments in the Washington Post after the article, 
there's a lot of people that dismiss the importance of writing this article, but I really do feel that that is from older people who don't understand how serious the and how we need to find a consensus on acceptable internet behavior because this uh, mob justice thing uh, it it becomes a it becomes a prop it becomes abuse it's it's online abuse it's cyberbullying it's dangerous and eventually it, it, it already has had very negative results for individuals but soon there will eventually be more and more stories of uh you know real harm sorry even greater harm um i mean Pizzagate, Justine Sacco, like there's any number of of uh, of insane overreactions online to, you know, to, to to these like stories that get out of control. But but this you know this this one is is also quite problematic because you know it spirals into uh, you know real harm for this fucking fuckboy. And while I'm all for discussions about making people aware of love bombing and how inappropriate it is to send a dick pic to somebody who hasn't consented to that. I'm open to all these discussions. Uh, but to have them in the arena where uh, somehow this guy is, is literally being, you know, subjected as it, uh, you know, to, as if he's committed, you know, real crimes that require real justice. It, it's, it's really a problem, you know? Um, you know, like, this is kind of like the arena of, like, society evolving, like a modern morality. I'm down with that. I really am down with a consensus forming around modern morality. I've had this discussion on this podcast before. You know, this this discussion needs to go into the arena of what do we want our society to be? What way do we want the interactions between single people uh, in their 20, you know, people in their dating life, well, you know, what do we want? What do, what do we consider acceptable, unacceptable behavior? Like these are great discussions to be having, but to have them in the arena of, you know, putting this guy up on a cross for, uh, you know, you know, for being an asshole, uh, is, is not ideal. It doesn't help actually. It makes it worse because it just entrenches everybody. It, you know, for the people that want to use uh, cancel culture as a as a, a torch to to gather up the anti woke brigade, you know, this helps them. Um, this, you know, the, the, essentially this what I consider to be an injustice against this guy West Elm Caleb just adds more fuel to the sort of culture war fire, which is not good. Uh. So, you know, I'm down with more people being aware of the term love bombing, uh, gaslighting, you know, overused now. I didn't even know what gaslighting was, like, until like four years ago. And now you, you, you hear it for every, like, every lie is, is gaslighting. You know, what happened to lying? Um... But the love bombing thing is is fucked up, and that's cool. And you know, I I I. But the, the, there's like 
there's deeper discussions to be had about like love bombing, which is like for the for for I, I mean largely this appears to be male to female behavior, but for for a woman to be aware of love bombing is great because it can be like you know if they're coming on strong early on, there's every chance that this might be uh, a manipulation tactic, but there's also every chance that it's uh, it's um, a sign of like a lack of emotional intelligence from the guy or, or, you know, some other dysfunction that he's not even aware of. That's why it's just as important for guys to maybe check themselves and be like, uh, I'm, I really felt like strong like this. And uh, what I haven't noticed is that I have a very strong pattern of falling hard for somebody and then, um, running very quickly uh, so it's good that there's, you know, there's more, uh, more awareness made for men, I guess. And this, of course, is under the awareness that West Elm Caleb, you know, seemed to be particularly bad in all these departments. And again, I, you know, I'm down with that. But this, it's not, it's 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 not the cause for 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 a national campaign. And it's also like I, I these campaigns can be very effective, and they should be used against, you know. Real, you know, like real harm, you know? Like, I feel like in a way, the energy that's gone behind this West M. Caleb thing is like, like a wasted energy. Like, don't, don't, you know, I guess, like, don't use a weapon, you know, don't use a machine gun to, like, shoot a bottle for target practice. That too. Uh, okay, so that's another topic that we covered a bit more uh, after I've tried to end this podcast twice. Um, and honestly, a lot of you might not give a shit. You know? A lot of you might not be on TikTok and you might not even be aware of this thing. So if that's you, I apologize. But anyway, I'm going to go. I feel like I feel like we've covered stuff more now. You know? I'm kind of out of the habit of talking to myself. So I, I didn't feel that I was uh, as on top of it. Um, so, yes, I'm going to go. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Don't forget, February 10th, Ratoth, following tonight's Killarney. One of them sold out, one of them isn't. Uh, and then after that, we got Nace and Dublin and like Nace was sold out before the pandemic, obviously with all the rejigs. Now there's tickets available. There's a lot of gigs that, you know, were sold out before. Now there's tickets available. Um, Limerick, Wexford, March 18th and Vicker Street. Uh, you know, just check desbishop.net forward slash tour dates. They're all up there. And Long Beach, New York, February 5th. The next gig that I'll be doing before I... Or if you're in Aruba, come tonight. Aruba Ray's Comedy Club at the Holiday Inn. See you guys soon. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 